Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Cernig Podcast. I am Colin Cernelia. Today, I have a special guest here with me, Carly Elliott. Carly is a uh, sophomore, going to be very quickly a junior uh, on the St. John Fisher College women's basketball team. Carly, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you reached out. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited as well. We got to chat a little bit before we hit record here, and uh, I know we're we're going to have some fun conversation ahead. But uh, before we get into the nitty gritty and the nerdy stuff that I want to talk to, let me give you an opportunity first. Just introduce yourself to our listening audience. You know who you are, a little bit about your background, please. Right. Awesome. Uh, like you said, I'm a sophomore at St. John Fisher, so I just completed my second season on the women's basketball team. Um, I. I'm a psychology major. Um, I'm a resident assistant on campus, super involved on campus. And yeah, that's about it. Sums me up. (laughs) (laughs) Quick and brief. Very, very good. (laughs) So, okay, psych. Um, I did, I did not know that about you. That's really interesting, especially because we're, we're going to segue into things that I think are going to link up here and people are going to be able to put those all together. But uh, being a psych major, you know, what, what drew you to that? Why did you ultimately pick that as your major? So I, I was actually undeclared my entire first year at Fisher. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I played with marketing and business, took accounting. That was awful. But uh, <laughs> what really drew me to psych was actually the field of sports psychology. Um, the first, this year we had a mental performance coach come in. Her name is Sydney Wentland. She worked with our team. She was absolutely amazing. She worked with all the players on the team And she kind of opened my eyes up to not only the mental aspect of sport, but also just something that I use in my everyday life. Uh, And I really enjoy psych because it's a study of why we do the things that we do, um, how our brains work. And that just kind of interests me. I think it's something like outside of the mental health aspect, it's really just something that we carry with us throughout our lives. Um, So I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. So presumably, at least you have been an athlete for a pretty long time, right? Right. Okay. And it wasn't until at least recently, like you just said, that, you know, the the mental side of the game, uh, if you will, kind of crept in and said, okay, there's there's something to this, how it affects my performance, how it affects the performance of the team, uh, even in those type of things. So uh, that that's just really interesting to me that you can. um, you compete at a high level, you know, through, throughout your, uh, a- amateur career, if you will, and then, um, not have a ton of focus on the mental part of the game. Like, did you ever run, did you ever feel like you ran into challenges because you didn't have the tools like to, to figure that stuff out in the past? I would say definitely. And I think almost every single athlete could say the same, even if they weren't exposed to this kind of I guess knowledge is the right word to say, but um, even something as simple as dealing with like pressure that athletes face and like put on themselves. I know I internalize a lot of pressure, even in practice, like when it's totally non-competitive play, like I think it really, what's well, crazy to think that my whole life I've been an athlete since I was five years old and only recently did this kind of come in, like you said. Um, <laughs> I think it would have helped me in high school a lot. I There was a lot of adversity I faced in high school, my whole team faced in high school, that I think understanding the mental side of the game would have benefited a lot. So it's definitely something I want to go into because I think everyone could benefit from it. Um, But yeah, I think it's awesome. (laughs) Sure, sure. So what were, can you share at least maybe a a few of the things in terms of the pressures that in the past that you had come across, like what were some of those challenges and... um, you know, we don't we don't necessarily need to come up with solutions and how you could have handled it differently. Right. But I'm just curious as to what popped up that you know you felt like, hey, if I had the information I had now, I'd be pre- I'd be better off. Right. Um, well, for one, I mentioned pressure. I think a lot of athletes, I know I struggled with this myself, value a lot of themselves, and they base that value on their performance in a sport. I think there are a lot of times where if somebody doesn't perform as well as they'd like it can affect their them mentally. I think yeah. I know there are times where if I'm not performing well, it 
comes onto me and affects my everyday life, whether it's in school or just being a person. Um, and I think understanding that there's more to life than sports is also very important. I know that's something I came about and I know we're going to talk more about like the whole sportsmanship award and all that thing, all of that. But yeah, just dealing with pressure of every day, feeling that you need to get the approval of others, of family members. I know at the D3 level, there's no scholarship pressure, pressure, which I don't understand how D2 and D1 athletes could deal with that. But I think just finding the love of the sport can be difficult when you're constantly battling that internalized, I guess, pressure is the main word to say. But once you find that balance, it's like life-changing. Sure. Okay. So let's backtrack a little bit again. Uh, You said athletes starting around age five, basketball right away. Was there other sports? Oh, other sports. A couple. Uh, I played soccer for a couple years. I actually played football because football is my favorite sport, believe it or not. Okay. I played tackle football for a year and it was awesome. But I started playing basketball at, I think, nine. was It was like third grade, so around that time. I also played lacrosse, but basketball is the one that stuck the longest, that's for sure. I ran track and field. Forgot about that one, but really okay. just basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you know, you know basketball was kind of it like that that's what you wanted to pursue and and even take to the next level like you have yeah it's funny actually I by the end of high school I was only playing two sports basketball and then I ran outdoor track um I really think I just ran outdoor track to kind of stay in shape and it was more of a social thing basketball was the only sport I had a real like passion for I loved my teammates I loved the culture of basketball and I actually didn't I wasn't going to play basketball in college I didn't I had never considered it actually until after I selected St. John Fisher. So it was around May of my senior year. I had just decided to go to Fisher and my senior season had ended and it was cut short because of COVID. And I remember thinking to myself that I don't think I'm ready to be done with this. Like there's still, I think there's still more and like a further place I could get to with basketball. So that's when I reached out to coach Kaburka um, set up a meeting with her and then tried out the fall of my freshman year and just worked out. I think it was perfect timing and placing, um, but I'm just really grateful that I got the opportunity to play at the collegiate level. I am so thankful for it every day. <laughs> yeah, that, that I was going to ask, you know, what what was your journey? So it seems like if, if I'm understanding this correctly, so you picked the school for the, the school for the academics first, Correct. and then you had this lingering feeling of, Hey, I, I still want to compete. I still want to play basketball. You reached out to coach, coach Kaburka and tried out. And, and two years later, you're still on the team here. Yeah. Uh, is, is that accurate? Yes, completely. That worked okay. out. <laughs> so that, that, that's, uh, interesting. Uh, I also went through a similar path, believe it or not. I did, had very little interest. I, I played baseball and, um, Finished up. I thought I was going to be done after high school and I chose to go to Penn State um, and I chose to go to a, a branch, uh, Scranton. And sometime over the summer, I think it was like, you know, and, and baseball starts even earlier than basketball does. I did the same thing. I just like had that fire, like reignite in my body. I remember like it must have been an email, uh, the coach. And I said like, hey, can I can I walk on? Can I like try and you know, do this or whatever. And he's like, yeah, come on out. Like, uh, you know, we we're going to get started a little bit earlier than school does and everything. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I can, I, I was staying with my grandma. I had a place to stay, you know, and everything. And so, um, you know, long story short, I, I walked on and I played, you know, there for a couple of years before I went uh, to the main campus. But, um, okay. So you're, you're at Fisher and you're, you're going out for the team now at this point. So let, let's get, into that mindset. Yeah. What are, um, what are you, <laughs> what, are, what are you hoping for, you know, outside of just getting a chance to play basketball? Like, you know, if, if you make this team, you know, what are you, what are you hoping is going to be the outcome? If you, if you can bring yourself back to that time period. Right. I think, well, at the time it was, it honestly felt like do or die, which is so crazy to think about, but that's just how much it mattered to me. I, I didn't think it would after high school, kind of similarly to how you felt where you're like, oh, I thought I would be done with the sport. I could say goodbye. But that inkling was just there. And playing over the summer, just knowing I had to get a lot better than from where I was in high school was 
and that motivation and um, just being staying committed to that, I think just fueled my fire even more. And when I got on campus, really got to have a relationship with coach, both coaches, um, as well as the girls on the team. I think that's what really like set it apart for me. I I knew I needed to be a part of this because it's so special, something I think I can help with and contribute to, uh, whether on the court or off. So in that moment, I know I was a nervous wreck before a tryout, so I was <laughs> that whole time. But I know in my gut, I, I knew I could do it. So, and then when I found out I made the team instantly, <laughs> tears of joy, I'll admit that. But it was just great to be a part of something and not knowing I earned that spot um, and just got to be a part of something really special. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that had to be an incredible moment. So you, <laughs> I'm, I'm digging here cause this, this is really uh, interesting to, to me and I'm sure to a lot of other people as well before tryouts then. So bring us back one more time <laughs> when you have that conversation with coach, what's the conversation like? Is it, are you learning about the pro? Is it like an interview, like a job interview where like you're learning about the program and what the needs are and she's learning about, you know, who you are and what you can bring to the program. Like how did that conversation go? Uh, yeah, it was definitely. So I had reached out to her over text because one of my assistant coaches in high school knew who she was, worked with her. Um, so that's how I got her contact. So I sent her a text and I just wanted to meet with her to have a conversation. So Drove up to Fisher because I live 10 minutes away from Fisher. I'm local. Okay. Um, sometime in April, I met with her and it was more, and I had never met her in my life. I didn't even know what she looked like. It was just kind of just diving into waters. I had untouched waters, that whole thing. Um, I had the conversation with her. Basically, she told me at the D3 level, can't promise a spot. And that's in my head. I was like, okay, now it's my go time. I really got to work to earn this. Um, but she showed me around the facilities and said, talk to me a little bit about the program, how they have that simple and selfless kind of mantra, which I really liked because those are two things I felt like I could absorb and also like bring to the team. Um, but that conversation, I remember thinking to myself how, well, I was nervous first of all, but, um, here I am trying out with, I hadn't played competitive basketball since February only played like 10 games. Um, but I was just going to go all gas, no breaks and try, try out for it. So, and just worked out. I think knowing I was walking on and that there were girls that planned to go here for years and that were recruited by coach. I knew I was felt a little bit of a step behind, but that kind of, like I said, fueled my fire even more. I think I just felt more motivated to earn that because it's something I just really wanted to be a part of. Sure. Sure. All, all gas, no breaks. That could be the title of your memoir when you're uh, a little bit older. <laughs> Very good. Uh, okay. So you achieve goal number one, then you make the team, you're, right. you're there. What happens next? What, 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 walk us through, you know, what, what was the thought process? What did you have to do? What are the immediate things that happen after you make the team? So um, at that point, I was the only walk-on who made the team, and it felt really good. I remember I was never one to care so much and reflect so much about playing time. In high school, I didn't start in high school. I was more of like six-man rotated in, um, but that I honestly kind of liked that little sweet spot. Um, so I knew my first year I didn't expect anything. I That was really the main thing. I didn't expect anything. Once I made the team, that was just my time to embrace any role that came my way. And I still do that today. I think that was the biggest thing for me is I've been given this opportunity to be a part of this. So whatever's asked of me, I'm going to do. So um, I would compete in practice every day and it was a blast. I had so much fun. The girls are amazing. My teammates are amazing. And that made it, that makes it so much easier to embrace any role that comes your way. So from that sure. point on, I made the team. I would just work hard every day and practice, be the best teammate I can be. And that's that. Do you think that that piece right there, the competing really hard, playing really hard in practice, mm -hmm. you know, not, not necessarily in a game. Do you think that piece is a key ingredient to being able to build relationships with your teammates? Because you, you talked about like when you, when you knew you made the team, 
And then you realize like, okay, all these people had been recruited and they had established relationships already. And you felt a little bit behind, like, how do you catch up? How do you, how do you get on the same page as everybody? Like what, what are the things that you had to do? Well, if I'm being honest, the kind of people that were part of the program made it very easy. I didn't feel as much as I say I was a step behind. That was before I met anyone. As soon as I got on campus, everyone was so welcoming, like not even the right word. It was beyond that. I think, yeah, I'm not sure what the better word for it is, but knowing that I had teammates that supported me through everything that I was feeling as like being so anxious to move on. And I'm talking like upperclassmen as well. Um, from the girls my age to the 22-year-olds, they all were just a family. At, we're all, at the end of the day, we were just supporting each other. And I think, I don't know, it just it made it easy. I guess that's the only my only answer <laughs> to make it simple. Okay, okay. So let's fast forward now a little bit to more recently. Uh, you were the recipient for the second straight season of uh, St. John Fisher College, the women's basketball program has a sportsmanship award. And that award, um, if my definition is correct, is based on character, selflessness, and friendship on and off the court. And it's the person who's most admired, you know, for those traits. Um, given the uh, the recommendation or the testimonial that I got from coach, I'm not really surprised by that. Um, but, uh, you know, to you when, you, when you hear that, let, let's just start with reflection and then I want to dig a little bit deeper into the, into the award. But when you receive an award like that, how do you feel? Well, I guess honored is the best way to put it. Um, knowing that all of my teammates uh, selected me to for like be nominated for that award. I, I think it just makes me thankful that I have the teammates I have. Um, Sure, they can select me as the person they admire um, for like selflessness and being a good teammate. But it's like I said, it's my teammates that make that so easy. Um, I've always, I think being selfless stems from more, like you said, that character of just like wanting the best for other people. And that's truly just all I want for my teammates. And I think I, work to build relationships on and off the court, especially like this year we had a good number of first years coming in and I find value in just making those relationships um, with everyone on the team individually. Um, And just knowing that I have friendships with everyone and we all relate to each other on different things. And that makes it easier to be the teammate that I can be. Sure. Okay. So help me work through this then. These past two seasons, as a team, you have been phenomenal. Two really great back-to-back seasons, championships, different things like that. You as a player, you haven't played a whole bunch. But what I'm interested in is how you get an award like that sportsmanship award and and contribute to elevating the level of play in your teammates. Because I think like a lot of times where people get misaligned with, you know, selflessness or friendship and, you know, things like that. They're like, Oh, I want to be best friends with this person. And that to them means I can't, I can't critique them. I can't tell them when they're doing something wrong. Like in order to elevate your performance though, and to get to a place where, you know, collectively as a team, your team has gotten the past two seasons, there has to be something, whether it's the coaches, whether it's players, whether it's you, you know, something or someone or a group of people who are pushing beyond what is comfortable, you know, to, to other people. Like, do you feel like you're able to, to walk that line where you say like, I can be your friend, but I can also like get on you if I see that you're, you're being lazy or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I think, well, something we talk about as a team is accountability whether that comes from the coaches or the players. And I know personally, I, I think other athletes could relate to this, that it, as much as you can respect your coach and listen to what they have to say, because at the end of the day, they're the head of this kind of, they're the head of this program. They know what they're doing. I think it hits harder or like, I, yeah, hits harder is the right word, I, I guess, when it comes from a teammate. I think, 
because you can be best buddies. You go to the dining hall after practice and get ice cream and be all happy smiles. But at the end of the day, you're there to push each other because you all collectively want to have a successful season, achieve these goals. So accountability is a huge part of that, whether it's in practice and just making sure people do their off season or lifts out of practice on their own and that kind of thing. But it's, it's not hard to hold others accountable when most of the time everyone's doing what they're supposed to, because we're all pretty locked in, I guess is the right term. But yeah, I think there's definitely a line to walk finally across when you're trying to make your teammates better, but also just be their friend. But sure. it's not, not too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I mentioned then the success as a team that you've had over the past two seasons. Did you ever feel like in the off season between last season and in this season that has just wrapped up, did you ever feel like there was any complacency, like saying, Hey, we just, you know, we it was like what twenty eight and two or something like that the year before championships, you know, things like that. Did you ever sense that, and did you have to like, you know, get on people early so that it didn't become a problem that kind of lingered throughout the season? I think so. We ended last year. Our season ended in the round of thirty two. We lost to Amherst by I believe it was eight points, and they ended up going to the final four. So, and we in our hearts we knew we were right there in that game. We could have come out on top. It just didn't go our way. They won at the end of the day. But I think having that taste of what this program can do fueled us. I know going into this season, a lot collectively, a lot of what we talked about at the end of the last freshman year season was wanting to take that next step, knowing that we can, that we're right there. So going into this season, um, we did. We lost in the round of 32 by one point. So, and a lot of our goals were to get to that Sweet 16. That's what we wanted. So it was, it was a bummer that we couldn't get it, and we were right there. But, again, I think the way this season ended, the way the previous season ended, just keeps us going. I think we know the potential that we have, and it pushes us to work harder. And that's, that's that. Yeah, yeah. So even, you know, I guess, I guess – for you as a program, you're at the point where like maybe the ultimate championship, the ultimate mountaintop hasn't been reached yet. Like, you know, go, go through that tournament. There's been regular season, there's been uh conference tournament championships, you know, things like that. So it's like, we still have more to do. The The job's not done yet. Am I, am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. I think, um, I don't know if you're familiar with our conference, but we, we went undefeated in conference play this year. Um, we had a lot of games we won by 30-plus points. But I think when we get to that tournament and we are facing these teams that are bigger, like the schools are bigger and um, really tough competition, we ha- work on like how we can push each other every day in practice until we get to that point. Um, we have We still have fair competition in our conference, but I know – that our conference championship isn't the final end goal. Like mm-hmm. kind of like you mentioned, like our goal is to go further and further as far as we can. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to you a little bit here more specifically. So I want to know a little bit more about how you influence on a more regular basis. Like if you're, if you're not getting a ton of playing time, you know, what, what are the things that you're doing in games, off the court, in practice, like, can you give us some specifics as to what it is that you feel like is some of that, that magic sauce that helps keep everyone aligned? Right. That magic sauce. I like that. Um, well, I'm, I hate talking about myself. Like it's, you You wouldn't have won the award. I I get it. (laughs) Um, well, I think what I know in games specifically, one of the biggest tasks that I give myself as being the biggest hype woman ever, like for my teammates. I think I just make sure that we're on defense, we're cheering defense, that we're celebrating the accomplishments of what's going on on the court. Um, And as soon as they come off, we're making sure that we talk to them. If there's something that needs to change, we talk about it. We address the um, scouting report if we need to. 
but really just making sure that everyone is feeling like they're a part of what's happening, that whether they're on the bench or off the bench, getting everyone involved, I think is just as important because in a, in a successful team, everyone needs to have that, feel that value. And at the end of the day, there's only five people on the court. I mean, we had a team of 18 last year. Um, so I just, I think one of the main kind of jobs that I gave myself was just making sure that everyone felt like they were a part of it and just, yeah. And then in practice, just being super vocal, um, leading when I can, if energy's down in practice, um, talking to the team and just trying to get everyone's energy up and then just like celebrating the great things that my teammates do in practice, but also the accountability aspect where someone makes a mistake, not even critiquing them, but also just reminding them like you've got the next one. Um, just trying to be a support system. Cause I know they do the same for me. So sure. Sure. If you don't mind being vulnerable for a second here, I mean, are there times where, it's difficult for you to, you know, to, to get up, so to speak, or to show up when you know you're probably not going to see the floor that night, right? Or if you do, it's going to be very limited and, and everything. Like, how do you, especially now, you're kind of pairing that with the, the work that you had with the, um, um, the mental performance coach this year. Like, how do you, how do you work through some of those times where mentally you, are not feeling up to par, but you know how important it is for you to show up for your teammates? Right. This is a great question. Um, I think anyone in that position can say that it is difficult at times. I, I know there are times where I've mentioned like feeling value on a team. There are times where I'm like, okay, is it really like, how much do I really contribute to what we're doing? But then Obviously, I mentioned Sydney Wentland, our mental performance coach. She helped me with this so much. Just kind of understanding that we're all there for a reason. Like, I didn't have to be put on this team. Uh, coach Kabrika gave me a chance, and I was going to do everything with that chance that I could. Um, whether that meant not playing at all, I was still going to be the best teammate I can be. I know that sometimes I wouldn't want to go to practice one day because I was like, okay, I'm exhausted. I'm practicing, we're going over the scouting report, and I probably won't play tomorrow, like if it was a practice for a game. But I would remind myself that not everyone has the opportunity that I have to get to play collegiate basketball with my friends every day, the sport that I love. Um, I'm 10 minutes away so my parents can come watch. Even though they're not watching me play, they watch my teammates play like it's their daughters. And it's still something that I realize that I can contribute to off the court just as I would on. Um, and I think embracing that kind of mentality helped me so much when in those struggling times, which, yeah, I think that's just understanding that this was an opportunity and I'm blessed to like be where I am is what makes it all awesome. What do you think your, what do you attribute, I guess, your drive, your mindset, like without, without being a fully polished adult yet, your, your brain is still developing. You know, you still have a few years to go. <laughs> where, where, what do you attribute, you know, you having such a strong foundation to be such, such an impactful and such a, an influential person at this point in your life? Um, I would, well, I had amazing role models growing up and I honestly think that's where a lot of that comes from. Uh, the two main ones that come to mind are, well, first, my high school basketball coach, his name was Scott Zahn. He, he unfortunately passed away before my junior season unexpectedly, but he not only changed the foundations of how I think as a player, but overall as a person. He was by far one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met, and something he kind of relayed onto his players and me that really struck me were the words embrace the moment. That's been a mantra of mine ever since I've met him. And I think it's kind of speaks to, like I said, the opportunities that come my way, even if something isn't going according to plan or goals aren't met. I know that in my, in my heart, I'm embracing whatever is happening. I'm going to embrace any role that comes my way. I'm going to embrace the motivation to work hard. Um, 
so that's he was definitely someone who kind of helped me build this mindset um still does to this day and then second role model I was going to talk about was my dad who is the most selfless person I've ever met in my life and I think having someone like that growing up with and just watching how they go about their life it really relays onto me I think I I'm not I'm not going to say I'm the most selfless person in the world definitely not but he helps me kind of establish that the way I want to live my life is by trying to do what's best for other people and kind of like that team first mentality and having those two role models in my life really have built that foundation for me by far. That's great. Thank you for sharing. I let this one slip. So I'm going to roll back to it because I want to dive a little bit deeper in. So you'd mentioned player led teams and the impact that that has the positive impact that that has had in, in your witnessing it now in your program. Walk me through like the collective of that. Like you, you don't need to single out like the, the group of players or whatever it is, but like, you know, how, how are you communicating with, let's say, you know, coach and, and the assistants, and then how are you relaying that to the rest of the team? Like how, how does that dynamic work so that you're all staying in sync? Yeah, I would say that's a good question. <laughs> Honestly, we, we're all pretty much on the same page and it sounds so cliche, but it's true. I think we all, I guess what I'm trying to say is when we have a, we're focused on what we need to accomplish, relaying that information, just making sure everyone's on the same page is easy because we're all already locked into that goal. I think we all have our individual meetings with coach and we always meet before practice kind of we'll like do a quick warm up drill and then we'll meet in the middle talk about our quote of the day which is super cool that our coach would leave at the top of our practice plan and then one of us would recite it usually it's the same two people every time but sometimes every once in a while we'll change it up yeah. but then we talk about what it means and how it can relate to our team and i think that's something that keeps us in check and just kind of keeps our goals aligned and our vision aligned if that makes sense so Knowing, like, it's sorry, I'm not finding the right words here, but I think, as yeah, sorry about that. You're good. I think just when we we spend a lot of time off the court together, and I think Mm -hmm. that's really what gives us that meshing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And so ultimately, it seems like though, no matter what happens, kind of in between everything it's you and the other player led leaders on your team you know what the end goal is you know what you're working toward and so it's just like reminding your teammates hey this is this is what we're doing this for this is why we're getting up really early or we're traveling during crappy snowy weather or uh you know what whatever it may be during during the hard times during the good times too you know when when things are going good you still want to remind people what what you're working for like that seems like what the ultimate is just don't forget what the goal is that you're trying to achieve and and that can help you in terms of communication like alter the way that you're going to communicate with people because you're going to say like, Hey, you're either helping us get closer to that goal or you're doing things that are taking us away from that goal. Right. Yeah. You worded it great. You should have answered that question. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was reiterated what I was trying to say, but yeah. <laughs> you did, you did a great job. That's, that's how I was able to, to reiterate what you had just said there. So <laughs> very good. So, okay. A couple years left. Uh, we're, Presumably you can play if you want to coaching. Is that an aspiration? Is that something that you want to do in the future? This is interesting. I don't think anyone's ever asked me this. Um, It's funny because growing up, I've always had amazing coaches. That's I've been blessed with having amazing coaches. Um, Especially like I know in high school, the role models I had, I mentioned coach San, they, made me want to, you know, pursue that teaching with like that coaching on the side. I was something I could always dream about, which is in the back. I have it in the back of my mind, but I think I would want to coach just so I could have the impact on people that 
my coaches have had on me. I think that would be the coolest uh, experience being on the other end of it, knowing that I've had coaches who have impacted my life in numerous ways and extensive ways. And knowing that I could do the same for others and also kind of relish that feeling of being a part of something so special and just like continuing that for however many years would be awesome. So I would consider it definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I can give you an unsolicited nudge to coaching, I would say go for it. I think there's, there's, there's a huge need for people who have the capacity and the ability to be empathetic, to connect, to see more than just the sport, more than just the X's and O's. And I think through not just the awards that that you win, which is obviously a great recognition, but the things that your teammates and your coaches say about you, the way that you think about yourself even, I mean, to have that self-awareness is really important. I think there's a huge void in coaching across all levels where we're not doing enough to connect with people and use that as a way to elevate the talent and elevate the you know, obviously you want to win the game, right? Whatever sport it is, but there's too many tacticians out there just worried about X's and O's. And that's at the detriment of, you know, the majority of people we're we're talking about kids, you know, there's a very small fraction of professionals out there. And so you're, you're talking about kids, you're talking about people who are going to move into various other professions in life. So, um, yeah, I, I think you have a great foundation for it. I hope it's something that if you haven't given thought to, you think about in the future, but um, I think you'd be great at it. Uh, okay, a couple more things before I let you go here today. Basketball-wise, let's just have a little bit of fun. What would you say is one of your favorite things to do on the basketball court? Oh, my gosh. Like... So how do you mean like, like moves or just like, in terms of just like anything, whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to you can give me more than one if you want. (laughs) I want to answer that. Well, if we're talking from like a generic standpoint, favorite part of basketball in the grand scheme of things is playing pickup with my friends. I think that's something I'll do till I'm 80 and don't have (laughs) that work because it is just so much fun. Um, But let's say I'm in practice and I Oh, this is a good question. Cause like sometimes you do, you have these plays in basketball that just give you that like awesome feeling like any sport. Um, that's a good question. I think honestly, if I'm going to be honest, making like a really good pass is what like my favorite thing to do on the basketball court. Like if I can make like a behind the back pass to one of my teammates, that's top tier for me. Or like, I don't know. That's probably top tier. For me, okay. really good pass. This guy might be a dumb answer, but I like it. That's fun. <laughs> no, no answer is a dumb answer so, here. Then you just go crazy together with one person. You make a move, and, you're, yeah. and everyone goes nuts. Then you like the two of you can like go crazy. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You get to celebrate, and it's a it's a shared event. I, I get okay. it. I get it. <laughs> All right. What about uh, favorite basketball players, past and current? Okay. Um, I don't know if everyone will agree with this, but I am a Jordan over LeBron, personally. <laughs> I'm Jordan over LeBron. Um, wait, wait, before you go to other ones, why? Oh, man, there's so many reasons. I just uh, – have you seen The Last Dance? Yes. That alone. If I had one answer, it would be that. If anyone thinks LeBron's – they got to watch that. So if you haven't watched it, couldn't care less what you think. <laughs> no. Um, I just think – I just love him. I think LeBron's great, but I think championships speak a lot into that too. Um, yeah, I'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> Both things can be true. You can you can love Jordan like LeBron too. <laughs> right. Um, and then other than that, I've always been a Giannis fan, and I don't want anyone to say that I'm bandwagon. But I've had a Giannis jersey since sixth grade. He's awesome. His story is just really cool. And then for girls. Caitlin Clark is blowing it up right now. She's just absolutely crazy. Um, I've always liked watching her play. And I say always basically like the last month. So, (laughs) but she's awesome. But yeah, that's pretty much. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Oh, me. Uh, Okay. Uh, My number one favorite all time was Kobe. 
Um, yeah. That's what uh, I, I can vividly remember on a screen probably smaller than my laptop here, uh, watching Laker games on NBC, the Sunday Sunday NBC uh, game of the week back in, I think it was like right when the dynasty was beginning, the, the Shaq Kobe years. Um, yeah. So that's like when I, when I got into the NBA, um, WNBA, I've, I've had uh, a few people over the years, Sue Bird, uh, Candace Parker, uh, Maya Moore, um, Brittany Griner, even to, uh, I, I was never a big person, so I couldn't like emulate her style of play. Uh, but um, she, she's obviously dominant. Uh, th- those are a few. Um, Elena uh, as well. Um, currently in the NBA, I love the Splash Bros. I love Steph and, and uh, Clay. I got to see. I got to see Giannis. That was actually one of the last things that we did before lockdown. Um, I'm in. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they came. Giannis had like a triple double or something like that. He was incredible. Um, not that the Hornets are ever any good, but it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I've gotten to see a bunch of uh, the NBA stars. Uh, I got to see KD. I got to see the Splash Bros. I got to see LeBron. Uh, awesome. You know, Giannis. All of them come when they when they play the Hornets here. So um, yeah, the, uh, the NBA playoffs are shaping up here soon. And then, and then the W is going to get going. I, I love the, uh, the Becky Hammond is, is one of my favorite people too. So I love that the L or uh, LA <laughs> Las Vegas uh, took home the title last year. We'll see if they can defend it. Um, Cause there's definitely been, definitely been some movement with the, the Liberty now having Stewie and, and Sabrina and all them over there. But um, yeah, I'm, Love basketball, was never very good at it, and that that was you know one of the things I was thinking about before you know, you and I were recording today. Probably one of my first, no, I wouldn't say first. Um, my my first non baseball interaction with failure was in basketball. Um, I was really good at baseball. I had had some struggles, but I'd already worked through them. I was really really good at soccer. Hated it though. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then basketball, uh, there were two teams, my freshman year of high school, two freshman level teams. And, uh, I made one, I think it was probably like the last person, you know, picked, um, barely played, you know, spent a lot of time on the bench. And I just remember, you know, when you're, what are you 15 at that point or something like that, just yeah, like trying to reconcile with like, how I, I was so used to being the person who contributed to the, the like on court, uh, you know, winnings or losings, uh, if you will. And it was the first time where I had to like, you know, watch other people and you know, truly learn to be happy for them when, when they did something well, when they, uh, executed a play when things went well. Cause yeah, I'd get in for, for a breather. Right. So I'm in for like a minute or two and then I'm, I'm right back on the bench maybe once a game, you know, may, maybe twice. Uh, and they, and you know, my, my playing time never increased and, and I played a little bit of basketball after that, but, um, you know, not, a, not a ton, but I do remember it being a moment in my life where I was like, I have to learn not to be so selfish and like, not that I was ever actively rooting for failure <laughs> for my teammates, but it was, you know, there, there is, I think that little piece of you, uh, at least initially where you're like, well, if this person doesn't perform, like then maybe I can get my chance, you know, right. to, to go out there. But everything that you've talked to us about today, it's like, no, no, that, that's not the mindset. Like the mindset is the people who are out there are the best five people on the court. Like that, that's just something you have to learn to live with. Uh, whether you agree with it or not. And once you come to accept that, it's like, okay, now I'm, I want to see the best out of them because the only way I get any enjoyment out of this is if, is if we win, right? Like what, otherwise, what am I going to do? I'm just going to pout on the, on the bench and, and be more miserable than I already was about it. Like that's, I was, I was literally thinking about that today when, uh, you know, when I was doing my prep um, prior to this, but I didn't like, I didn't recognize a hint of any of that type of mentality or thought from you this whole time. It's definitely something you it's, I think it's learned a lot. I know like 
I can say that, oh, I've always had this mentality. But you're, I think it's human nature to want that. It's competitive, human nature. At the end of the day, you could look at it as if you're competing with the people sitting next to you. But like you said, it's really just more about wanting what's best for them. I mean, they're on the court for a reason. They, I, I think one of the biggest things is I have faith in those players. If they're on there and I know that they can do the job, better than I can then that's why they're out there they're we're here to win so I think that's just kind of where just the foundation lies (laughs) yeah and it doesn't mean that you can't work to get better right right? or or aspire to be better or want to do great things but it's just like recognizing having that self-awareness to say like Mm -hmm. it's more detrimental than it is good for me to pout for me to to hope bad things happen to my teammates, you know, to talk smack behind their backs, you know, to other teammates and things like that. Like, uh, I, were, were you, um, yeah, were you in the program yet when I was last off season when the team read my book? Do you, do you remember doing that or not? That was, I believe my first year, but the upperclassmen, it was culture of excellence, right? Right. Yes. The, the upperclassmen read it, uh, the first year's read, John Gordon's uh, The Hard Hat, Energy Bus. Got it. But I am going to ask my coach for a copy of your book because I'm really looking, <laughs> I really, I do want to read it. I'm not just saying that. I really do <laughs> yeah. want to read it. So I bad that I have it or else we talk about it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll get you one offline. We, we can hook that up. But uh, the reason the reason I was bringing it up is because there's a very, I this is like maybe one of the, the biggest things that always stands out to me and, and it's what you talked about beautifully not doing. Uh, it's in the player-led section of the book, which I is my favorite part of the book. The Yankees, like prior to what what we know the Yankees to be today, like a really stable, sustainable organization, were toxic. Like were really bad. And there's this quote from a, a player um, who later returned to the organization, like after they kind of went through the transformation. But in his first go around. Yeah, he'd say that he'd be sitting on the bench and like people were actively like loudly rooting for their teammates to make outs <laughs> because they wanted more playing time. They wanted to earn more money, you know, and, and things like that. And I just remember thinking like, I, I don't know, maybe uh, I, I guess I'm just not a mean person. Like I could never see myself doing that uh, to, to somebody, even if I felt it like really deep down, like it would be really hard for me to, actively root against somebody but i'm like it it happens it happens all the time and i think that's what i want to highlight is like it happens at the professional level it happens at the college level it happens at the high school level it happens in peewee football or whatever whatever level is is low for uh lower for uh basketball like you have people out there who don't have carly's mindset that that don't have that ability to see the bigger picture to want the best for their teammates, even if that means that you know, you're like, uh, who was the the captain for the women's soccer team? Not the one that Mia Hamm was on in, in uh, 1999. I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, she used to like literally carry the bags of her teammates um, because she said that it, it did more harm to like put extra stress on their bodies when she was like, I know that they're going to be the ones on the field, like running up and down. Like they, they got to be ready. They got to be rested and everything. So like when we, when we travel, I'm going to carry their bags and everything. It's just, it's just really special. I'm rambling, but I I want you to know like how special I think it is that you've already kind of grown into being this type of person, this type of leader at such a young age. I really appreciate that. I've loved talking about this. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Well, I've taken up a ton of your time, Carly. Is there anything you want to say before we get going or uh, I can, I can let you get back to things. Um, I feel like we talked about a lot. I think the last thing kind of wrapping it up is like, I know I wanted to mention this earlier and I forgot about it until now where we talked about, I'll keep this brief. I promise. We talked about how, (laughs) Though we can have this mindset, there's that balance between still wanting to earn it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I What I remember thinking about when we were talking about it was a conversation I had with my coach 
at we've had it multiple times um where it's kind of like uh embracing it but you're also not satisfied if that makes sense where you will enjoy any role you're in but at the end of the day you always work to grow I think growth mindset is super important um something I've worked on but I get yeah that was just the one thing I wanted to like throw in there that I think is cool to think about too where getting to where I am and having this mindset has been a journey and and I've loved every second of it truly but I also if any for like people listening I think it's also important to note that you can in, be in that role but still be I don't want to say selfish but like thinking about how you can grow as well like there's yeah. a balance definitely I think it's just the last thing I wanted to say yeah <laughs> I, I love how you simplified it too obviously that comes from the program that you're in and the culture and everything that you're a part of but embracing where you are but not being satisfied like again that doesn't mean that you have to be a detriment to your teammates or to the team as a whole it just means like hey i can still be a competitive athlete and not be satisfied with where i am and still work to get better and and hopefully that's going to be to the betterment of the entire team i think that was a great way to put a bow on this episode it's been <laughs> i I, I will say, so the, the three main things I always look for when I have guests on, A, fun, ton of fun talking to you today, B, learning, ton of learning, and uh, C, interesting conversation. Like I think there was a lot of interesting things that you talked about that are going to have people either taking notes or pausing to literally think about the things that you said. But on top of that, there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of uh, just really good energy. And so I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this today. It was super enjoyable for me and certainly wishing you the best of luck here in the future. Yeah. Thank you again so much. It's been an honor talking to you and I've learned, I've learned as well. So.